you did it. You put up with us for one whole season. As your reward, you get to find out what shows we're going to be classified as grade A haters for. Find out today on the, the Twins, Twins on Tour, Tour podcast. podcast. Hi, I'm Julie Book. I'm Jenny Bradley. And this is the, the season tw- finale of I Got You. This is the season finale of the Twins on Tour podcast. You're not even going to say it with me now? No, because I'm a grade A hater of you now. <laughs> okay, Jenny's in grade A hater mode. So today's show is basically going to be a wrap up of our first season. We are going to rank our shows based on lots of different things today from what we have seen this season let you guys know things we really really liked about certain shows things we really did not like about certain shows give you a small little snippet of what's coming up in the next few months and reveal some of our surprises that you're going to see in season two of the twins on tour podcast thanks for sticking with us this season guys yeah i mean we've gone through some highs and lows a couple of not planned on hiatuses (laughs) due to jenny almost dying and me getting a new job which has been exciting Really, though. So, yeah, um, how this episode's going to work is we went through some of this we talked about together. Some of this is completely organic, and we have no clue what the other one's about mm-hmm. to say. We did an overall ranking of the 12 shows we saw this season, just which one was the best in our minds, which one was the worst in our minds. We also wanted to shout out different shows that we thought had best costumes, best sets, best choreography, and I some know- Some performances we love. Some loved. performances yeah. that we absolutely love from the season. Most of this will be a surprise to each other as well. So I say we get in and be messy with this. We're not going to talk about what we liked the most first. We're going to talk about what we did not like most first. Welcome to Haters with Jenny and Julie. Yeah. So I think we're probably still both in agreement on this one. Ranked at number 12 for the season, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for me. The only good thing about this show was that it was our nephew's first show. If we didn't bring Bennett with us... I get the people who have left this intermission. There was lots of sound issues. I don't, I don't know. Like there was that weird song. Like if your dad wasn't dead, people like floating in the air and like it, it was a very stop and start kind of musical. I would not see it again. Especially because Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I mean the Gene Wilder movie, the Johnny Depp movie have such rabid fan bases Mm -hmm. that they're still so classic. I think a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory musical could have been a lot more successful than it was. I think that some of the decisions that were made from transferring it from the UK over, some of them didn't translate as well. I know there was a lot of backlash over casting adult actors in kids' roles. I think I might see this show again with better sound solely so I can know what was happening for half Wouldn't the show. Would there be better sound though? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If the opportunity came to see this show with better sound, I might see it solely for the fact that we couldn't hear half of the show or understand it. Would they advertise it. this now with better sound? <laughs> you can hear it now. It was a fun night to take a kid to his first musical for, but for both of us, that I would relive that experience to watch him see the stage light up for the first time. Like that brings a tear to my eye to think about it. But yeah, besides that, like uh. that's our number twelve, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I think you could tell from our episode that it probably was going to yeah. be towards the bottom of this list. Shouldn't have shocked anybody. Yeah, number eleven. I know I'm about to have. A very, very rabid fan base come from my throat. Do you have waiters at number 11 too? I do have waiters at number 11. This is sentimental because this was our first episode. Yes. Also, we had seen waiters before, so that that kind of worked against it in a way. Mm -hmm. Nothing was surprising to me, although I will say Giselle Soleayan, who played Jenna, was a superstar at it. Yeah, she was the best part of seeing that again Mm -hmm. because I enjoyed her performance so much. 
not saying Desi Oakley on the original one wasn't good because I really enjoyed her performance Mm -hmm. too. I think I've talked about this before that I'm less of a realist when I see a musical. And so seeing a musical like Waitress that has such real life things like, yes, a girl in a really crappy marriage gets knocked up but then falls in love with someone else but they don't end up happily ever after. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Call me a golden age freak, but, like, I love things that end happily. I do, too. And, like, yes, she got what she wanted, blah, 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 but they also, like, killed off an old man and hardly addressed it. (laughs) And then they had the weird wax baby at the end. (laughs) Yeah, that I thought was real and I told you was real and made you feel like you were blind, and I apologize for that. When I found that TikTok that said it was a wax baby, I sent it to her so quick. I was right. Yeah, and I was like, man, I really went off on you for, like, 30 seconds on our first episode. And as a good segue, I think what, um, why I ranked Pretty Woman at number 10 over Waitress. I did as well. Kind of similar realistic story but it kind of had that suspended reality where she got the happy ending she got the guy and i think mm-hmm. that's why i ranked that above waitress just yeah i'm a sap for happy endings i'm a sap for happy endings and i think everyone likes a rags to riches story yeah and we also had mentioned that neither of us have ever seen the movie pretty woman still so haven't <laughs> i still have not either um it's on my to-do list i think the story itself is just it's a far-fetched story because no guy with that much money is ever gonna be like haha hooker but (laughs) eeny meeny miny hooker i will say seeing adam pascal in person also kind of that was raised the rank on this one yeah i mean he him and olivia valley were by far the best they were parts of this show because their performances i would see anything that either of them are in yeah they were both but seeing a broadway legend unless it was charlie the chocolate factory Jenny, you really do hate that show. I did not enjoy it. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm, I mean, I'm not offended. Yeah, um, Pretty Woman was cute. Probably not one I'd see again. I did not like. It made us wait till the curtain call for Oh Pretty Woman. But yeah, Pretty Woman, I mean, the sets were good. The show was okay. It's, yeah. It's not one I'd see again, I don't think. No, I mean, I, I would if the tickets were cheap. Yeah, if the tickets were cheap and Adam Pascal was still in it, yeah. I would. I might. He actually did extend. He's going to do it for another year. Yeah, so. I saw that. The next few on the list, I would say seven, eight, and nine, I've probably rearranged a couple times because I liked all of them about the same. Yeah. And I liked them over the others for different reasons. I ended up with The Prom at number nine. I did too. I okay. really enjoyed this show. I thought it was... This was by far, because, I mean, it's one of the few original Mm -hmm. shows we have seen. It's very contemporary. It addresses issues that are still going on right now. Mm -hmm. I thought the sequence at the Monster Truck Rally with all the gay pride flags was hilarious. One of the funniest things from this season. I'm a lesbian. I loved it. I'd give it some Zazz song. Yeah. Like, it, it was heartfelt. It was it was hilarious. There was great choreography, good sets. Like, yeah. it was a good show, but it wasn't the best show we saw this season. Exactly. With the caliber of some of the other mm-hmm. shows we've seen this season, it kind it of just, got it lost. kind of got lost, and it really couldn't compete in some places, because did it have a super strong book? No. Did it have super strong music? No. Was it a very enjoyable night and would I see it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed the prom a lot. It just, it couldn't compete with the rest of the shows. I almost wish that that was one of the ones coming to EJ again next Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, me as well, because it was a really good show. I think it didn't have as long of a life on Broadway as it could have, I think, because a lot of these other shows have come through since then. And they were all playing around the same time on Broadway. Yeah, so the prom for me, I absolutely would see it again, if the opportunity came. I know this is a low ranking on the list because it's number nine, but by no means means that it was a bad show. It just, yeah. it couldn't compete with some I of really the other I really enjoyed ones. the prom, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, number eight on my list, I have Frozen. I have My Fair Lady. You have My Fair Lady at eight? I don't know if I was just tired that night. That second act drug on for so long that I sat there in the middle. I'm like, can this be over already? <laughs> really? I, that doesn't mean that I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the sets. I enjoyed the costumes. I thought the songs were great because I recognized a lot of them. It's a golden age musical. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was bad. I'm just saying that is one of the pitfalls of a golden age musical is that they truly are three hours long. Mm-hmm. Both acts are an hour and a half and they yeah. don't need to be. See, I guess it's just because, I, like I was saying earlier, I'm just, I'm a sappy golden age kind of person. My Fair Lady's higher on my list, clearly. Um, I had Frozen at number eight, which Elsa's Ice Palace and the whole Let It Go sequence was one of the best things Amazing. we saw this year. Caroline like, Bowman is my president. Yeah, Cara, Jenny tweeted that while we were at the show. <laughs> Respect for my president, Caroline Bowman. Yeah, like we talked about in the episode, the Let It Go Quick Change and the Ice Palace were by far the best part of that show. Mm-hmm. Really cute show. I also loved, I think I have them shouted out when we talk about costumes later. Um, I really liked the costumes in this show. I especially liked how they did the trolls in this yeah, show, like with the light, the light up eyes, eyes and the necklaces, yeah. like we talked really about cool. in the episode. Yeah. Frozen was a really good show for me. It kind of was just one of those things of, this was more of a musical for kids. It was based off a kid's movie and We've with some of the Frozen. other shows. With some yeah. of the other shows, I just didn't think it could compete as That's high fair. up. That's yeah, fair. so I had Frozen at eight, which you had My Fair Lady at eight. Yeah, I did. So I guess I'll talk about the pros when we get to it on mine. Yes. At number seven, I had Jesus Christ Superstar. I have Frozen. Okay. Why did you place Frozen there? Um, it's kind of the same reasons. I liked the sets. I liked the costumes. But I guess the negative thing is, you can turn on the TV basically any time in the winter and Frozen is on one of the networks. Mm-hmm. It's very oversaturated. I worked at Justice Clothing for Girls in college. <laughs> when I tell you how many times I had to hurt here freaking Let It Go, and then Let It Go sung by the, the Disney Channel stars, and then Let It Go sung by Ashley Tisdale or, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. It was excruciating to get through after a while. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I am so sick of Frozen. I mm-hmm. love Olaf, but like I'm sick of seeing him. Yeah. And the way they did Olaf and Sven in the show, I think was a really creative. They took what Lion King did and kind of elevated it. Yeah, they did. Because like we talked about in the episode, like Sven was awesome. He, was. he wasn't he as really animated was. as he yeah. was in the movie, but it was just seeing that actor do what he was doing mm-hmm. in that, co- like it was phenomenal. Like, no, I don't disagree. Because like I said, I shuffled around my uh, seven, eight, nine quite a bit. Yeah, same. I had Jesus Christ Superstar at number okay. seven. I had that a little bit higher. I really enjoyed Jesus Christ Superstar, but I know that, you know, I'm out of both of us, I am the more hard of hearing one. And because I hadn't seen any part of the show, the only song I had heard was the finale song. There were times where I didn't know what was going on because it moved so fast. I guess that's how I <laughs> to sound like old people. Like, I guess I get how old people at Hamilton feel now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was able to keep up with Hamilton at some parts of Jesus Christ. Like, the opening number, I was like, what's happening? Yeah, that's fair. Um, the sets were amazing. A lot of the performers, some of the best performances we saw this mm-hmm. season. The costumes were really simple, but there was really great elements of this show. It's just the fact that for part of the show, I didn't know what was happening because there was no dialogue to break yeah, it and tell that's me fair. was why I placed it there. I then placed My Fair Lady at number six. So halfway up our list now, I placed My Fair Lady at number six. I put To Kill a Mockingbird, number six. Okay. Simply, like I said, I think even people are like, oh, six... 
it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. If we had to see a play, I'm really glad it was this one. Mm -hmm. It's poignant. It's a classic. It has issues that need to be addressed in our society today. Mm -hmm. Really, the only reason that I have it at six and not higher is because I thought that the the music in the other ones was better, and that's a part of the experience, so it kind of worked against To Kill a Mockingbird in that sense, but I will say Richard Thomas's Atticus Finch was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that was one of the highlights for sure. I had My Fair Lady at number six. Um, I probably, I mean, I guess, spoiler, I put To Kill a Mockingbird at number five. Okay. I probably could switch those two if I wanted to, but this is where they landed for me. My Fair Lady, it's one of the most classic musicals mm-hmm. of all time. I keep telling you, like, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Sharina Med was phenomenal, and Laird McIntosh was, I think, the perfect Henry Higgins. He was. I don't think you could get much better because, I mean, he is a West End star and he brought that mm-hmm. to this production. The turntable set was so cool. It was something that I didn't know about or expect going into it. And as soon as I was like, oh, hell yes. Like, it was something that was so different from anything I've seen with versions or anything clips that I saw in college mm-hmm. of My Fair Lady. It was something really different and something that I really enjoyed seeing. And at my sixth ranking, another thing that I will point out to make me seem like a grade-A hater of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Mockingbird did a great job, even though, like, we kind of had issues with Scout's accent and how everything mm-hmm. sounded like a question. Yeah. They did a great job of having adult actors play child roles. Yeah. And really, with that, with the kind of content in To Kill a Mockingbird, you don't need kids playing those roles. But at the same time, it made sense that there were adults playing that because of the content. I agree. That's a point I don't think we made on our episode that... I was really happy they made the choice to cast adults because even when reading the book, I was like, Scout's going through all this and she's like six. Yeah. Like, I get it. That's supposed to be like the gut punch kind of thing is like she is a child child. Yeah. I think for this play and for the emotion it seeps the audience into, I was really happy they had it in adult hands to tell adults this story because it's yeah. not like there were lots of kids at the show. No, there were not. And I think that like with that kind of content you need to have adult actors for whereas in charlotte and chocolate factory we have, we have seen other shows that have casts of children actors mm-hmm. kids can act too yeah like i get it it's probably cheaper operating wise to just only bring two kids playing charlie on the road but it didn't make any sense that you know a 35 year old is playing a 10 year old in some yeah. senses exactly and especially in a silly show like charlie and chocolate because like i'm not saying like oh it's silly but like there's silly stuff happening in the show you don't need an adult playing that. A kid can do it just fine. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I had To Kill a Mockingbird at number five on my list. I have Jesus Christ Superstar at number five on mine. Okay. So, why was that ranked high? I, well, first of all, I don't think you can get any better sound-wise than having the Cleveland Orchestra provide you a surround sound musical that was experience. Super cool. Like, that was the only place in the country they did that, was with the Cleveland Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I will say, though, I can get why it kind of added to the reason that Julie had it ranked a little lower. It was a little hard to hear because the music was so loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll be interested to see when we see it at EJ Thomas next year if that may be an improvement in a way. You yeah. Know, not as many instruments playing, you may be able to hear the dialogue a little better. Yeah, I'm not hopeful on that because if I have to compare the two places we see shows, yeah. Playhouse Square and EJ Thomas, we much more often have sound issues at EJ Thomas Absolutely. than we do at Cleveland. Yeah, for sure. I also, I loved the set. I thought the scaffolding and the giant cross was really Mm -hmm. cool. 
I liked that the costumes were simple, the choreography was amazing, but yeah, the, the costumes and the sets were amazing, so I really enjoyed the experience, and also, you know, it was cool that we had the new Judas in one of his first stops, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you think of Broadway, there's a few shows that could come to people's mind. Mm -hmm. Phantom of the Opera, Les Mis, Cats for some people. Meow. Meow. And probably for a lot of people, Wicked comes to mind. Do you have Wicked I have Wicked ranked at number I four also for this too. season. Not saying anything bad against Wicked. I mean, we had an hour-long episode on Wicked. You guys sat through an hour with us on Wicked, which probably was a little long-winded, and most of you probably don't need to see Wicked because we broke it down so much for you. Although, to bring a point when we were discussing the episode length of this before we record this episode... With a classic musical that everybody knows, sometimes it's necessary to do that because if we just kind of skim on the surface, we're not giving any new takes that have mm -hmm. happened before. So getting that in-depth with Wicked, I think it brought out a lot of our opinions Absolutely. on it. Super amazing sets, beautiful costumes, great performances. I mean, we they were in the COVID trenches in Yeah, the Cleveland. fact that they were able to pull our show together, considering the two days before ours, all the performances mm -hmm. were canceled. They flew people in from all over the country to be able to put this on in Cleveland. Yeah, so. so that also bumped it up in the rankings for me was because it felt special that we got yeah. to see it. See, it didn't bump it up. I think Wicked would have hit at least in the top five, no for matter sure, for sure. what, unless it was canceled. Then it probably would have still ended up above Charlie and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. We didn't see it, but it's number 11. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just one of those things where we had seen Wicked before. There were just some other things that came through that we either liked things better the second time we saw it or that we hadn't seen before yeah. that just I mean, out, outran it this yeah, time. A number four ranking doesn't mean that it was bad. No, I mean, e not at even, all. Even, I keep mentioning, like, even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like, I, I didn't love it, but, you know, like, it doesn't mean, like, if it's your favorite show, it doesn't mean it was bad. Exactly. Like, yeah, I just, I just agree, like, you know, there was something different about our top three that I think. Yeah. Um, I have Anastasia ranked at number three. I do too. Okay, I'm sure our top four are the same then. I think Kyla Stone's performance as Anya was one of the best performances we saw this season. Yeah, and she's a star. Even though this was a scaled down version from the first national mm -hmm. tour, I enjoyed this time better than the first time we too. saw it. I did too. I think just overall as a show, the things that still really hit like the the empress's costume mm -hmm. and that crown in Anya's red dress yeah. and her blue dress like yeah those things still hit the same it's just that I think the cast this time around yeah I thought, overall yeah. was I think more enjoyable I agree too because you really can't have a successful Anastasia if you don't like Anya and there were choices that Anya one made that I did not like same and Kyla Stone's performance just it was Anya yeah it was what I wanted when I saw Anastasia. Same here. Like, her journey to the past was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, at number two, I don't think this will come as a shock to any of you that we probably both have hairspray. Yep. Okay, good. The first time seeing this show professionally done, and it hit every mark that I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. As we said several times, we probably had the highest expectations for this show, and it met Every, Every one, of them. one of them. Besides yeah. that one sound issue at the beginning of Act 2, there was not a flaw in this production of Hairspray. I agree. And it is Nina West is remaining with the production and Nikki Metcalf, who played Tracy Turnblad, is remaining with the production. They are going on another tour. I believe they're going to Columbus. Yeah. Columbus so and Toledo. If you can, this is a phenomenal production I would, of Hairspray. I would make the trip. Yeah. Yeah. And our number one show, I'm sure you get this from listening to our previous episodes, the number one show we saw this season by far was Ain't, Ain't Too, Too Proud, Proud, The Life and Time of the Temptations. This, as a night at the theater, was 
a very impactful one. It was one where I was entertained. I was happy. I was sad. I was tears of joy. At Quite points. literally. I laughed. I cried. I applauded. I sang. I danced in my chair. And I have recommended the show to everyone I have talked Absolutely. to about theater since. I would travel two plus hours to see this show again. Yeah, I would travel as well. Um, it's just one of those things that, yes, it's a jukebox musical. Yes, it's music I could listen to on Spotify. But the show as a whole, everything just hits so perfectly. Yeah. And the cast that's currently in it was just so phenomenally yes. talented. Yes, it was It was a fun night out. Like, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't get emotional at shows very often. If a show draws emotion out of me, it's A-plus in my book. But absolutely. yeah, absolutely the best show I saw this season. I would see it time and time again. I'm sure that comes as a shock to no one that we ranked that number one. Absolutely. But yeah, so that's our rankings of the 12 shows we saw this season. But I know we would like to shout out certain things. Um, I don't know if you ranked these things or just had certain things. I did things like a top three shout for out. each one. Okay. Um, you want to start with costume sets or choreography? Um, or performances? Let's do costumes. Okay. I guess overall I had in one, two, three, Anastasia, My Fair Lady, and Frozen for best costumes. For best costumes, I had Wicked, Anastasia, and Frozen. Okay. I mean, Anastasia, like we've talked about her mother's outfit at the beginning of the show that she wears pretty much throughout that crown. One of the most beautiful costumes I've ever cape. seen. Yeah. And Anya's red dress, her blue dress when she finally meets the Dowager Empress. The costumes in this show just, they, they're they beautiful. It's decadent. Yeah. Um, My Fair Lady, I think I put up here one because the period costumes, I'm a sucker for period costumes mm-hmm. of any kind. Um, we're both huge Tudor people, so we watched those yeah. shows, and we're just always like, the crowns, the It costumes. was very close for me between Frozen and My Fair Lady, I will say. Yeah, um, I ranked My Fair Lady up here because of Eliza's dress when she goes to yes. the ball. Her crown, her she necklace. She sparkled more yes. than the Empress of Russia. She did. I mean, every movement, it was, it was beautiful, and when she was dancing on stage, it moved so oh, beautifully. Oh, it did. It was beautiful. And I had Frozen. You really can't beat the ice dress. Absolutely not. It was gorgeous. The other costumes in this show were really cool. I've already mentioned this once this episode, but I loved how they dressed the trolls yeah, in this and show. Yeah, even Anna's dress, like, the beginning of the musical, you could see, like, her putting on the coronation dress and how many layers mm-hmm. for Anna, and she was still able to dance so gracefully in it. Yeah, Disney, like, we've mentioned multiple times in multiple episodes, they have basically an unlimited budget. Mm-hmm. They really put it to good use in the costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah beautiful costumes. Um, I also really did enjoy the costumes in the prom. Mm-hmm. I thought the use of color in that show really popped. It did. I'm just not a short prom dress person. So that's Me neither. <laughs> Although to dance in, I can get why they weren't wearing floor-length gowns. But. Yeah. So what was your favorite costume from this whole season? Oh gosh. I would say it has to be between Glinda's bubble dress mm-hmm. and I would say Anastasia's red dress. Okay. Both of those, I think, are just, like, the fairy princess fantasy that I want to live. Mm-hmm. Both of them have big crowns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't... I mean, the bubble dress is awesome. What about you? Um, I honestly think it would be between the Empress of Russia's outfit with that giant crown because mm-hmm. I just... I want that in my life. And probably Eliza Doolittle's ball. How it sparkled was just oh, yeah. so pretty. But Mesmerizing. You also, like, you can't beat the bubble dress. The bubble dress is probably one of the best costumes in musical theater history. Mm-hmm. So probably the bubble dress, too. Best sets? You want to do sets next? Yeah. So I have My Fair Lady at number one. That giant mansion yeah. on the turntable. 
And even like at mm-hmm. the beginning when they were outside of the opera, like the giant columns that they had. Yeah, but that giant turntable and it looked like a really nice mansion on the inside. It had yeah. like an outside little area with a tree and everything. I thought that was the best set. I thought it was really cleverly used and made good use of the space that they had. I also have the turntable from My Fair Lady ranked as number one. Second, I have pretty much just <laughs> have the stage of Wicked. Yeah. I mean, it's you've got the dragon above the proscenium. Mm-hmm. You've got all those moving pieces and parts that come in and out. Wicked is what you think of when you think of Broadway anymore. Mm-hmm. And those sets are Broadway. They are. Like, it's a classic set. That's what you expect when you see Wicked, and it did not disappoint. I have Frozen as number two on my sets. I have I that think, on my list as well. The I think Ice, the Palace Ice Palace was so pretty. It, I will still say, the Cave of Wonders is still the prettiest set I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but damn if that Ice Palace doesn't give it a run for a its close, money. A very close second. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. I just didn't rank that as number one because... I think the turntable was just so cool. It was so cleverly used, As a yeah. set, I think it works better, but just off beauty, Ice Palace of Frozen was the prettiest thing we saw this season. Yeah. For number three on sets, I actually have Jesus Christ Superstar. I do as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. It was a very simplistic set, but they used it so well. And the fact that they used that cross in the way they did, and mm-hmm. they used, they had parts of the set that did things I didn't expect it to do. Yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm also a sucker for anything that looks kind of industrial. Same. So, yeah. Um, I have uh, To Kill a Mockingbird on my list as well. I do too. The Finch's House. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool set piece because it was a very plain show when they didn't have the house mm-hmm. out. The courtroom was very plain. The set piece of The Finch's House, though, was a really it, like, awesome split set piece. In half and then the roof mm-hmm. went up into this like the ceiling of the theater. It was yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah. So those would be my top 5. I think the best singular set piece would be the turntable. The best looking one is the Ice Palace Absolutely. from Frozen. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Best choreography, th- these ones were pretty easy. At number one, duh, ain't, ain't too, too proud. proud. Yeah. I There's had... a reason it won a Tony. Also a Tony winner. Hairspray I had yep, at number two. Had two. And I had the prom at number three for choreography. I had Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Uh, they were moving that entire show. Yeah, I mean, their lead dancer, we shouted her out in our episode mm-hmm. specifically for her ability to dance in Jesus Christ There's Superstar. There's a reason that she is so fit looking because she is moving that entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just, I really love the upbeat dancing from the prom. It was, I did too. It was happy-go-lucky. You could tell the actors on stage truly enjoy dancing those numbers. Mm-hmm. The, uh, like, the love your brother yeah, yeah. number. <laughs> you could just tell they have so many inside jokes going during that yeah. number two that it was fun to watch, even though, like, you could see people messing around in the back, and I'm like, I don't know what they're laughing at, but it's fun to watch. Yep. Okay, so I think it's time to shout out some of our favorite performances from the yes. season. And we obviously did not rank these because you can't rank people. And no. The performances are truly defined by what character they are, and it's really hard to compare characters in shows because some of them are minor characters and some of them are the leads. Yeah, just when we, when we think of the experience of the show, we're like, oh, that character was great. Yeah. One of my ones I have to shout out because we talked about him extensively on our episode about mm-hmm. Ain't Too Proud was Marcus Paul James playing yep. Otis Williams in Ain't Too Proud. Yeah. His Otis Williams, like we said, the entire audience was on their feet before he even had finished his final note because of how moving his final per- yeah. high final number was in the show. Yeah, if he would have played the role originally on Broadway, he also would have been nominated for a Tony. Absolutely. I, I believe that with every bone yeah. in my body. Like, I have not seen Derek Baskin's performance or footage of it besides their Tony performances and their performances on TV mm-hmm. here and there. But yeah, I mean, just seeing Marcus's performance, I can see why Derek was nominated for a Tony for that character because yeah. the character is just so moving. Yep. 
Um, I also wanted to shout out, we already did a couple times, but Kyla Stone playing Anya yeah, in Anastasia. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Um, she played Elle Woods in Legally Blonde at the Muni this yeah. summer. And I'm like, oh, I want to find a slime tutorial on I that. Because I'm sure her Elle Woods was great. Oh, yeah, for sure. She just seems like a very happy person. And so I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. her L is probably reflective of her own personality. Yeah. A minor character from Anastasia, but one of my favorite performances was Christian McQueen playing Count Apolotov in Anastasia. His Stay I Pray You, the whole house was just like, you could Silent. hear a pin drop. Because, I mean, especially for a number that that's, it's so slow and that number starts off as acapella, mm-hmm. it's very easy. Like, you hear people like, crinkling wrappers or like sniffing well, that. I will I say, mean, it was silent at Anastasia and it was one thing our our uh, our group around us like a lot of people mm-hmm. someone brought a baby with them oh yeah the baby so like even in mission like the babies and the mother got up and went into the hallway and like everyone was like why is there a baby here because mm-hmm. the baby cried a whole bunch not during that song yeah the baby was silent during that song, and I'm like, if you could get the baby to be quiet, yeah. that's how you know that you're a good performer. I hope he blows up someday in musical theater, because I want to see him play other, like, huge roles. Like, I would love to see him play, like, Jean Valjean. Oh, yeah. His Bring Him Home would be beautiful. It would be. So, you know, Les Mis tour, if you still need someone to understudy, because the guy who's playing Jean Valjean is the same one we saw a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. He is phenomenal. He's the he best is. Jean Valjean I've seen. Yeah. But... I mean, if you need an understudy, like, cast Christian give, give McQueen. Give a call, yeah. yeah. We're probably both in agreement because we literally tweeted a picture of them as our spoiler without context, but from Jesus Christ Superstar, Alvin Crawford as Caiaphas and Tice Green as Aeneas. They were awesome. They were They so were the good. best part of that they show. They made me like, smile when I think about yeah, them. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ Superstar is about Jesus, but I was like, the bad guy. <laughs> I would get, yeah, I agree. I would get happy when I would see them come out on the little catwalk because I'm like, they're about to rock my face off. Yeah. Their chemistry together as, like, they were side, like, it was yeah. bad guy and sidekick. If they hate each other in real life, they're very good actors They're very good actors. Because they, yeah, I'm like, they have to be besties, right? Yeah. Their chemistry on stage was phenomenal, and the way their voices blended together. Mm-hmm. You had Alvin with that low bass, and Tice, who was just tenor screaming your face off. Yes. Those might be my favorite two performances of the season. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think so, too. Like I said, there were standout performances this whole season, but yeah, I would say, like, when I think about some of the performances this season, these two stand out to me first. Yeah. If I had to pick. Also, like, I, I mentioned this when I was talking about Waitress, Giselle Soleil playing Jenna. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed her Jenna. I did, too. Um, Caroline Bowman is Elsa. As, yeah. I mean, the, as we uh, said in the episode, the Alphaba to Elsa pipeline is a is, straight line. Is a straight line right now, and they're doing a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I think that kind of wraps up the ranking of our season. Coming up, we do have a few shows not that far away. There's not no, as long of a break this year. Season two is nigh, guys. So we start off our season in Cleveland on October 18th, seeing Les Mis. It is reopening here in Cleveland, kicking off its national tour. It has not been on since before COVID. Fun fact, the first time that this iteration of the national tour opened, it also opened in Cleveland. So it's double opening. It just loves Cleveland. It loves Cleveland. And then literally the next day, we will be seeing the Blue Man Group in Akron. (laughs) So that's going to be a bit of a departure for us because I don't really count Blue Man Group as Broadway. We're going from 1800s France to the Blue to the Blue Man Group, (laughs) pounding on some pipes and getting paint everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just in casual to that one. Yeah, those will be the first two shows of the Twins on Tour season two. They're back to back, so expect the episodes 
pretty much almost back to back because we'll probably record them on the same day. Unless I catch the plague again, you know? Unless Jenny catches the plague again. Yeah, um, we also have some pretty exciting stuff coming up. Are we revealing these things or... I say we definitely reveal the fun Legally Blonde idea. I think so too. So around Christmas time, we are going to go through an episode by episode recap of the cult favorite re- MTV reality show, Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods, that aired in 2007. Yes, we're going to go through episode by episode, give our reactions to thing, and also update you on some of these people, because in the past few years, especially with COVID, they've done a lot of stuff with Legally Blonde, The Search for Elle Woods, with the people who were on it. I mean, probably most famously, Lena Hall won a Tony after being on that show, not yeah. because of this show, clearly, but there's Tony winners who were on this show. I think that'll be something that's super exciting. We're going to do that around Christmas time, I while, think. While Julie's on Christmas break While we're on school. Christmas break, we're just going to sit there and binge it one day and record. And I yeah. think it's going to be so much fun. We did not get around to the movie musical bracket this summer because, to be quite honest, I didn't realize we had this many shows this summer yeah, when we originally I think, planned it. Yeah, I think when we originally planned it, it probably should have been a winter thing since we had those big breaks. But hey, we can always have those coming up in season two. And I mean, I guess this is the point of the show where we just thank you guys. Those of you who listen to us, it's usually about 10 of you. But <laughs> I mean, it, it really does mean a lot that you guys take the time to listen to our podcast and listen to my shrill voice drone on, on oh and on goodness, about musicals. So. Yeah, I mean, we're both huge musical theater fans and it really is just something fun for us to do together as sisters to do this together and record this and talk about something that's one of our favorite things. So we're really excited to get into the next season of this show and we hope you are too. Well, catch us on all of our socials, Twitter at twins on tour one, TikTok at twins on tour one, Instagram, the.twins.on.tour1, on Facebook, the twins on tour podcast. Yeah. And so thank you guys again. This concludes season one of the podcast we will see you in october for season two with limitlob i'm julie book i'm jenny bradley and this is the The twins Twins on tour podcast Podcast. thanks guys i know i was like they're being great pretty woman yeah oh it's called oh pretty woman no it's just called pretty woman okay whatever oh Oh, brother where are thou it's like oh in parentheses pretty woman is it really i think so we're going to the google you're going to keep that in the podcast, too, aren't if you? If I'm right. It's, oh, it's Oprah. I told you. Okay, you just screamed that. <laughs> wow, I stand corrected. It is Oh Pretty Woman. Um, okay, I will give that to you because I did not know that. Yes. Live Googling on the podcast today.